Welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you this morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, it's kind of cold here in Florida. That's right. You know, the dipping, dipping into the 40s and 50s. The weather has been doing some very interesting things lately. Um, so it, it's been very interesting around here. So, but we're um, halfway halfway through January. We are. We are halfway through January. And you know, today we're going to talk about a a subject that we have talked about before, and is right. quite a um, well, I guess some would call it a hot topic in in some areas because we're we're going to talk about failure to launch. Right. Um, it's, it's one of those topics that keeps cycling through, you know. It does. And, you know, people tend to meet it with either a great interest or um, great defensiveness, or I'm not sure what, what, to, what to say about it, um, right. other than they just, people tend to respond to it because it is a phenomenon that, um, as you said, it just keeps coming around and it continues to grow. And, and so we're going to talk about um, talk about it a little bit today. Right. And this particular article um, or, or this particular podcast is based on an article by Ellen Hendrickson. She's a clinical psychologist in, at Boston University in their anxiety and related disorders clinic. And what we like about uh, her approach is that it's very succinct. It's, it has three major points, very easy to follow, very easy to understand, gives lots of really practical value um, information. And I think what we're probably going to do is, is divide this into two parts. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to talk about why, why, what failure to launch is and why it occurs. And next week, we'll talk about what, what um, families can do about it. Right. Um, and that because that's that's what everybody wants to know how should i deal with it right um and one of the one of the cute little things she she calls this is the peter pan syndrome right okay? and so when we talk about peter pan syndrome it's it's that idea about uh, the boy who never grew up right and and yeah. that's that's essentially what's happening to these kids so yeah absolutely um, and and it's it's the idea that um or you know you know and i don't think that any of it is I think we have to be careful a little bit with the Peter Pan syndrome because the the idea with that oftentimes is that the person doesn't want to grow up, doesn't, um, you know, wants to be a, a forever child. Right. As you know, this tends to be something where, in in, in our experience at least, um, tends to be a, a situation where the person feels as though they don't have a choice. Um, you know, as we talk about this and we're going through it. A lot of times people who are stuck in the failure to launch tend to come from the perspective that they just can't, there's not a lot that they can do about it. There's not that, you know, they can't change it for themselves. They can't do something because they can't find a job or they can't, right. you know, go to school or they can't do some of these other things. And so they're stuck um, in this perpetual childhood sort of, um, you know, stuck at their, in their home, their parents' home. Um but it's not necessarily because that's what they sought out to do. Um, right. there, there, is, there, there is some of that, but um, but it's sometimes where they just feel as though they don't have many other options. Right. Yep. So first of all, we want to talk about there. There are three components to failure to launch. Mm -hmm. One is when young adults stay at home. Right. Uh, they move back to their parents. Either don't move out or they move back. Right. Okay. Second is they don't search for a job 
or they don't contribute financially to the to the welfare of the house. But the third is, and this is important, is that they begin to withdraw right. from the world. And most often parents say, he just wants to be left alone in his bedroom. Right. So it's, it's a withdrawal. Um, and it's not only in the United States. This is not unique to the United States. In fact, the Japanese um, have a term for this and loosely transmit, translated, it means modern hermits. So that's what they call them in Japan as modern hermits. These kids who sort of withdraw from right. the world. Okay. Yeah. This, I think that, well, well, I think that the, the <clears throat> idea again is that, you know, and as you said, that the really concerning part is that withdrawing from the world because right. they, they, they begin to disconnect and, you know, a lot of times when we talk to people in this kind of situation, um, their connections to the outside, whether it's friends from high school or college or, you know, just if even family members from, you know, mm-hmm. outside of the immediate family household, the, their connection and their communication with them dwindles and it gets fewer and fewer, uh, less and less often, fewer and fewer connections outside of the home. Right. And, and they just become more and more secluded. And that, that's right. That withdrawal from the world is really a, a significant component to you know what eventually happens or where these these individuals eventually go. Right, and I think there are two two contributing factors to this withdrawal. One is that as kids, if you don't leave, if you don't move ahead, your peer group, your same age peers, are moving away from you. Okay, right. so you're either stuck with associating with younger and younger people yeah. or you don't have a peer group because your peer group has moved beyond. The second thing that contributes when, when one of the th- complaints parents make is that frequently these, um, these failure to launch also they smoke, they start smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so that sort of dulls and, and removes what little motivation there might be mm-hmm. because they can always make themselves feel better because they're self-medicating. Right. And so you get into this site, this, this vicious cycle of, well, I can't do anything. So I might as well just um, make myself feel better, but in making myself feel better, I don't feel like doing anything. And so you right. get this, 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 this cycle that begins to occur. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully that cycle makes sense to everyone listening because you know you you are let's just assume distressed because you're not able to you know find work or yeah. have mm-hmm. that independence you're looking for so you're you're distressed about that and so right. you, they turn to you know whether it's marijuana or something else um to dull that distress um and you know we're not going to debate about the the therapeutic benefits of marijuana or anything in, in this podcast. However, what we do know is that it does decrease stress. Um, and when you decrease stress, many times you also decrease motivation. Right. Right. That's it, right. There's no, there's no felt need. Right. Motivation is, uh, is somewhat of a derivative of stress. Um, right. So it, it, when you relieve all of your stress, then you have no motivation. And so when you have no motivation, you, you don't do anything. You don't, you don't right. go out there and pursue something. So Right. And, and I, we were both surprised at the, with the number 
the, the statistics are really staggering. I have no idea. Um, in the U.S. alone, there are over 7 million, mostly men, most boys, boys and men, between the ages of 25 and 54 who are not working, right. uh, voluntarily not working. Uh, this is a 25% increase in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the defined, so, so parents, if you're caught in this situation, believe me, you're not alone. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a yeah. staggering number. Um, the defining feature of failure to launch, and this is what frustrates parents and other caregivers, the defining features are foot dragging, yeah. delaying, stalling, or simply refusing to participate in life. And while many young people return home and will get a job and go back to school and participate in the life of the family, individuals with failure to launch have no intention of doing so. They withdraw. It's that withdrawal again. Right. The difference is not that they're at home, not that they're going to school part-time. The difference is they begin to withdraw and they have no intention of moving forward. Right. So the, the author of this article, she proposes three reasons, three possible right. reasons mm -hmm. uh, for why uh, this happens. Why, um, whether you want to say Peter Pan retreats to Neverland or why right. you know, these, um, <laughs> these adult children, you know, stay in their, uh, in their rooms or their, their basement rooms, um, indefinitely, um, only maybe to come out for dinner or something like that. That's, I love the way she puts that. She said, what are the reasons why, what are the reasons why these adult children only come out of their room to ask what's for dinner? <laughs> I thought that, that sort of encapsulates the whole thing or why they're in Neverland, as you say, right. why they retreat to Neverland. And yeah. I like, this is one of the, what I really like about this article is she gives these three very succinct reasons that make it easy for parents and caregivers to understand what they're dealing with. Right. Yeah. The first one is what she refers to as pathological perfectionism. Right. And I, as you know, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I, this is one that I really um, can appreciate based upon the, you know, the, the, the people that I work with, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the kids and the adults that I work with. Um, right. and this is the idea that, you know, the adult child, um, the person who has had difficulty launching, they, their goals are so grandiose that they, um, they have such high expectations for themselves. Mm -hmm. There's just no way that they can achieve them. I mean, I remember when I was growing up that, there would be people who would talk about, you know, oh, by the time I'm, you know, 30, I'm going to be a millionaire. And right. people always said those kind of things, but I don't know that anyone ever really believed that would happen. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's. But I think that there are people now, perhaps because of social media with, you know, you, you can you have YouTubers who are making, you know, $15 million a year just posting videos on YouTube or, or whatever. But people tend to really believe that this is a this is realistic, and so with that expectation, they they see no other alternative but to be a billionaire. You know, they they, they right. have no other alternative. Yeah, they set the bar so high that people come in and say, "Well, I don't want to I don't want to work my way up. I, I want to be in the executive boardroom. I want right. to be on the board of directors. I want to be the CEO. I want to start out as the CEO." 
And it's just, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, and the other thing they don't, they don't see is they, you know, they, they think of themselves as Bill Gates or Michael Dell, where they sit in their computer or Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, they sit in their dorm room and they're going to create the next Facebook or something and become a billionaire, but they don't see anything. They don't see anything between their present circumstances and being a billionaire. They right. don't see the world that exists between those two extremes. Right. And so, you know, two ways to think about this. One way is they're unwilling to work their way up. I don't want to start. I'm not going to start as a say, I'm not going to start as, as no, I, I expect to be middle management. I want to be hired at $150,000 a year and be a manager. I, I, absolutely. And, and I think that the, the, the second, um, the second way to think about it is really contributes to that first way. And, and that is that they, um, they have been told and they firmly believe that they can do anything. Right. That's um, what they're told. Absolutely. You can do anything you want. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard for people to hear it that, you know, again, our perspective tends to be that, you know, when a kid grows up and is told repeatedly, you can be anything that you want to be. Right. You can you can grow up. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, the kid then looks at the world with you know I can be anything I want to be. I want to be I want to be you know a CEO. I want to be the owner of a you know you know a million dollar company. Um, but they have there's no path to get there. Right. And when there's no path to get there, when they get to the end of high school and they've done everything that everybody's told them to do, mm -hmm. they've made mm -hmm. all A's, whether they earned them or their parents helped generate them for them. Um, when they get to that point and then they graduate and then they look out to see where they're going, there is no path. Right. Because they haven't they haven't tried to create a path. That's right. They've just been told you can do anything. And if you can do anything. That also means you can do nothing right. because, because yeah. you have nowhere to go. Yeah. The message is if you get all A's or you have a 4.0 or 4.3, um, that the world is going to open up. You know, the, you, you can do anything you want. You have your pick. You can do this or this or this. But you're right. There's no preparation for what's next. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even the same thing happens in college. You know, if you go to college and you get all A's, well, at the end, you have your choice. You can do whatever you want. And again, that's not that is not what happens to these kids. Right. They, they don't. There's no preparation for college. There's no preparation for work. Right. Yeah. You, we have. You know. We have patients that we work with, yeah. and, and you know, and and I don't necessarily. And I know you. You were the same, Richard. We we don't necessarily put value on any particular trade or profession. Right. You know, Plumbers make a lot of money or yeah. make a lot of money. Um, you know, we always joke that one of the uh, one of the wealthiest person people that we've ever met right. sold dirt. Sold dirt. Literally sold I'll dirt. never forget that. Never forget it. Um, so there are lots of ways to have a successful life and, and, and to make make, you know, generate money and income and everything. Right. But to to if you have a kid that's growing up and, and hates math and science. Mm -hmm. There is no reason to to try to convince the child that they can be a physician when they grow up. Right. You have to be good at math and science to be a physician. And you have to like it because you're going to do a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And 
and, and liking it is a great point because if they don't even like it, right? It's, why even why even introduce that? Say, you know what? Right. You don't have to be that. What about these? What about these options? And you you put right. some things, you know, you you expose them to things that are different mm-hmm. options for them. You don't just say, you know, the world is your, you know, your oyster. You can do whatever you right. want to do. That that doesn't that doesn't really help too many people. That's right. And there's a there's a second component to this notion of you can be anything you want. Because of eventually you're the the person is going to encounter obstacles right. um, of various kinds. And when they do, frequently they see themselves, well, my parents have told me I can be anything. The parents told me, my parents told me that I can do whatever I want, the world will open up and I'm gonna have all these possibilities, but I'm, I'm, I'm running into these obstacles, so there must be something wrong with me, mm-hmm. okay? And they see themselves as the failure. Well, rather than risk more failure, they start to blame others. Well, mm-hmm. I, they didn't call me back. Well, I didn't get accepted. Well, and they start to make excuses and they start to blame others. And that also contributes to withdrawal because staying in their rooms is freedom from bosses and other annoying people whom they see as the person to blame for my failure. You know, right. I don't want to beat myself up anymore. So rather than, rather than, than getting bruised and banged and battered about, which is what life does to everybody. Right. They withdraw to uh, save themselves from um, from uh, feeling like a failure. Absolutely. Now, the second reason that is mentioned in the article for, for why this happens is an emphasis on what she refers to as an emphasis on safety and security. Right. And and again, I think that this is very a very interesting idea, and, and right. it relates to the notion of, of anxiety and and mm-hmm. stress and, and some of the other things we've talked about. So, um, you know, Peter Pan's, as she puts it, Peter Pan's value safety. You know, yeah. they want to know that they're taken care of, that they're going, they have their space, that they have their things, that they have what they need, and mm-hmm. so any introduction of the possibility that they won't have that creates a great deal of distress, um, again, resulting in some of that withdrawal that we talked about earlier. Yeah, moving into adulthood carries risks. Um, people yeah. talk about adulting or, you know, kids get there and say, I don't, I don't, I wanted to be an adult all my life, but I really don't like it because there t- there's uh, too many responsibilities. Being an adult carries risks. It carries responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But if you retreat, if you, if you say to the world, I'm going to retreat, it takes away those risks. So for people who value safety and security, retreating or withdrawing takes away those risks. The problem with that mm-hmm. is that they, the Peter Pans of the world, in retreating and withdrawing, they also know that, that this is a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and it means I can't, it means I can't, you know, I'm withdrawing. So there's something wrong with me. I'm weak. And they start seeing themselves as victims. Right. That, that's the problem. Right. And, and many, many people who have failure to launch see themselves as victims of an unfair, hostile world that, where everything's stacked against them. You know, I want to, but the world is stacked against me. I want to, but I can't get a job. I want to, but 
and they see themselves as a victim. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is a huge, huge issue because, again, people that patients that we work with and, and people that we talk to about these issues, mm-hmm. they they often talk about, you know, the, the word can't is like right. one of the most common words in their vernacular. Right. It's mm-hmm. just I can't do that. I can't. Well, I, I tried, but I can't. Um, I'm too I'm too anxious to be able to do this. And, and I'm, we're not talking about it from a, from the perspective of, you know, blaming the person that they're making excuses. I think that they truly believe this. Um, They they truly believe that they're unable to, they can, I I truly believe that they can do it, Mm -hmm. but they don't believe they can. And, you know, then you get, start getting into that. If you don't believe you can, can you really do it? You know, you really have to have that push and that support and that assistance to get through that. and again, that's, some of that is stuff that some of these people don't have. Right, right. And then there's there's a third, and I was surprised that she mentioned this as prominently as she does. The great distractor. Um, right. It 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 uh, it's a complicated topic, and she acknowledges that. But the third reason why uh, the third reason why uh, some individuals might encounter failure to launch is video games. In a word, it's video games. Yeah, the great the great distractor. Right. You know, video games video games serve a lot of purposes. They they serve a lot of um functions for people because you know, we've said before that, you know, statistically the majority of them are young men. Um and we know that young men tend to be a little bit more drawn to video games than mm-hmm. than others. Um but the, the relationship between them and, and video games is, is complex. Right. But, but if we think about a couple of things, right. The first is that, um, you know, it is, it is the easiest way, or maybe the, it's better to say the safest way to, right. to be risky. Right. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is the safest way to take <laughs> risks because you can right. go into a video game and you can, you know, you can fight, you can, you know, do World of Warcraft, you can you, you play, you know, Call of Duty, you, you can do all of these things where that are high stakes, high risk, all this kind of stuff. But you're safe because you're still in your room, sitting in your chair with your headphones on. And that, you don't really lose anything. And right. you do it in private. So if you're losing, nobody knows about it. Right. Okay. Um, she, this author reports a, a kind of an interesting study. Um, she took she took two groups. One group played World of Warcraft twenty four hours per week. Mm-hmm. The second group didn't play video games; they were non players. Mm-hmm. And she had them um, do a gambling simulation. So they they were presented with um, an opportunity to gamble to make make more money. And what they discovered was that the, the, the group, the individuals in the group that played World of Warcraft 24 hours a week consistently chose the riskiest alternatives in the gambling game. Right. And they're always after the big score. They're always after, I'm gonna make my million, I'm gonna make my billion, which yes. is consistent with what we've been saying is that they're after, I wanna be a billionaire, okay? Yeah. They all, so so they they engage in riskier, high risk behaviors because they're looking for the big score. Second thing is, 
the frequent players, the frequent video game players, had more anxiety, hostility, paranoia than the other group. And what they concluded was that these characteristics are similar to the characteristics that we see in gamblers and those who have problems with substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, is it the, is it the substance abuse that creates the problem or is it the person who's seeking the substance abuse? Are they self-medicating? So you do have a chicken and egg argument, but one of the, one of the conclusions that the researchers made is that the video game players had what they called a myopia for the future. They, they didn't think about the future, but they kept gambling. They kept playing. They kept, they stayed where they were. Right. And so even though with individuals with failure to launch, even though their world is crumbling, they can't support themselves. They're still living at home. They're arguing with their parents because they're not um, getting, gaining any independence. It doesn't matter. They stay in the room and play video games. They right. stay stuck. Right. Just like people who gamble, they stay, they stay stuck. They keep gambling. They'll go into huge debt, but they keep gambling. Yeah. People will keep using drugs. Even though their world is falling apart, they keep using drugs. She calls that myopia for the future. Yeah. Is that you 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 um you relinquish your future so that you can continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's again, it, this is a very complicated issue um and you know this author mentions these three possible reasons and there, there certainly there's probably many more uh, possible right. reasons for why this happens but and, and again I, I think it's important to say that we're not we're not saying that there's something flawed about these individuals that that right. lead to this rather what we're what we're trying to you know hopefully help everybody understand is that there are some things that we can do and we're going to get into this next week some things that we can do to try to help these situations, because once you get into this cycle, when, once a, a person is in this failure to launch cycle and they and they're stuck in their room and they're starting to withdraw from the from the rest right. of the world and, and they're you know they're stuck on the video game or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. it is exceedingly difficult to break out of that. You know, right. there, is, there is no doubt. And right. you know, in that sense, I can appreciate how it's compared to substance abuse, because once you're in that cycle, it's really hard to break out of it. That's um, right. It is going to require a lot of support, a lot of help and a lot of work. Um, right. It can be done and mm -hmm. it needs to be done. Right. But it's but it's hard work. Yeah. And there there's another another comment that we should make. And that is that. Frequently, when parents are confronted with a child who, who's experiencing failure to launch, one of the things you hear is, well, just kick them out. Right. Just kick, you know, just kick them out. Well, I'm sorry, you can't just kick them out because, you know, they're going to be homeless or they're going to be depending on somebody else. So kicking them out is not really an option. The solution, which and we're going to talk about those next week, the solution is we you, we need to understand why this particular individual is, is experiencing failure to launch. She gives us three reasons here. And mm -hmm. what we, we like about this is that if you are, are dealing with a child who's experiencing failure to launch, think about these three reasons. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think applies to your child? Right. 
once you have that understanding, then we're getting it, we're going to get closer to a solution Absolutely. for that particular individual. Um, it's not the same for everybody. Right. And so it, it, as you say, it requires a, a little deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it is, it's a little bit like substance abuse or gambling or any other problem. It takes some understanding. You just don't kick somebody out. Right. Okay? You're not gonna do that to your child. So there are solutions, but they have to be based on this understanding of why we're dealing with this in the first place. Uh, absolutely. And um, yeah, so we'll talk more about that next week. And uh, of course, we didn't even really get into the, the possible relationship between all of this and um, and COVID and what's happened over the last you know three or four years. So because um, I'm sure all that contributes. That, to has, that has contributed. Yeah. Yeah, that's contributed for sure. Mm -hmm. so, but we'll be yeah. back next week to talk about some of the strategies for um, responding to this. So until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.